When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hi everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand Extra. This is your little bite-sized chunk uh, previewing the upcoming games across the weekend. Uh, my thanks to uh, David Edgar for stepping in for me last week whilst I was away on a quick break across to Amsterdam and I am now spending two weeks in Costa del Quarantine. However, keeping me company and joining me on uh, this afternoon's pod um, are our two hosts of our Patreon show Blue Scarves On and that is, um, first of all, Miss Caroline Morrison. Hi, Cammy. Thanks very much for inviting me on. Thank you. And the, the double act is always complete by the ever-lovely Marina Banatay. Marina, how are you today? I'm very well, thank you. Good evening, Cammy. I'm so pleased because David had Kevin Armstrong on last week and I get you too. And I'll be honest with you, I feel like I've, I've absolutely won in life now. <laughs> Locked out. Exactly, yeah. that's it. That's exactly right. Um, ladies, we'll, uh, we'll come on to um, the preview of the upcoming game against Hamilton, which is uh, 5.30 on Saturday. Um, however, I'm keen to, to get your thoughts on um, the, the Kilmarnock win from last week uh, and kind of where it is. Before we get into that, and I think it's remiss of us not to do this because it won't dominate the entire pod, but can I just say on behalf of all the podders um, and probably pretty much most of the Rangers support, ha-ha Celtic. Yeah, I've got to echo that. That was a, a nice wee surprise last night, actually. I don't know if you guys were watching it or just keeping up with updates, but um, I wasn't watching. I was just seeing the scores coming through and it was, yeah, it was a lovely surprise. Marina, I, I've got this strong belief that if I end up watching them, not that I've got an overwhelming desire to do so, of course, but if they're drawing... The only way how they'll guarantee a win is if I start watching the game. I think oh, I'm like a like a jinx. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I I do that quite a lot. or worry that I'm jinxing things. Um, so yeah, just just careful not to. 
or B or jinx jinx them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yes. So um, always fun to see Celtic getting beaten, no matter the occasion. However, uh, when it costs them the business end of twenty million pounds, it's even sweeter. Um, anyway, we're not here to talk about Celtic. We're here to talk about the greatest uh, team in the land. Um, Caroline, I'll kick off for yourself first, if that's okay. I think um, there was a. Uh, quite a lot of, of conversation that was generated from the, the win against Kilmarnock last weekend where um, we looked pretty comfortable. There was obviously big shake-ups uh, regarding the, the kind of team changes and we'll come on to that a little bit when we talk about Hamilton. Um, but I think the base where I would probably describe the, the Kilmarnock victory is it felt a bit more routine and, you know, welcomingly so, a bit more routine than uh, than the kind of some of the panics that we maybe had against them in, in uh, the last few fixtures we played against them. Yeah, I would think so. Um, I didn't watch the full game. I was away at the weekend, but I've since watched the highlights. And of course, when I was away, I was kind of keeping up to date with the, the Twitter commentary. So, yeah, from that perspective at the time, I kind of thought that it was a much worse performance, especially first half. Actually watching it back and with the kind of knowledge and the kind of security that we did go on to, to win like we did, it just didn't seem as bad as what it felt at the time. And it just comes back to what we talk about, that scar tissue and not being confident that the team are going to see out what should be routine games like this. Um, but in actual fact, we had a good number of chances. Um, people like... For example, Barker, who came in a bit unexpectedly. The fact that Morelos was not in the squad entirely and relying on Ruth and Itten that have had, you know, really limited uh, game time so far uh, kind of made for a bit of a nervy start. But actually, like you say, in order for us to progress on from where we've been in the last few years and begin to be credible title contenders, we need to start getting more comfortable about winning this type of game routinely. And in the end, I think we we did. Marina, I think when I first saw the lineup, I know it was the, 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 the glaring omission is no Alfredo Morelos. There was a part to that where I think, okay, that was going to be really, you know, something that, that, that kind of took us a little bit out of the blue. But then when I started thinking about it a little bit more, it made perfect sense. Now, there's a great thing that was kind of going around at the time where people were demanding change, then change came and it was, what's the change in it for? But <laughs> Caroline obviously mentions there, and quite rightly so, that looking back in the game, knowing that you're going to win it and, and, and maybe watching the performance again, if, you've, if you were watching it live, um, you were probably sitting on the edge of your seat a little bit concerned, but I think the manager fully justified the changes that he made, and I I will absolutely hold my hands up to the fact that I was very concerned about the inclusion of Brandon Barker. He's come under a lot of stick, and I've you know certainly had my fair share of, of criticising him, but I thought Barker played well on Saturday, and I think you know if this is going to be a bit of a springboard for him to to, to kind of put himself into contention. Um, I don't think he's done his chances any harm at all from his performance last weekend. Absolutely not. It's like maybe we're now seeing what Gerard has seen in Barker because I know last year um, he was getting a lot of stick. Now the only stick he's getting is his hair. So long may that <laughs> continue. His performances keep up. Um, but yeah, no, he certainly, you know, he's, he deserves to be there. He's doing, he's doing really well. He did a few good chances. Um, I thought, is it like I thought it was quite brave of Gerard not to start Hadji. I know he hasn't been playing well, but um, he is like one of our most expensive players. 
um, he's, he's one of our star players when he's on form. We know that he can be good. So I think, you know, it could be easy to try and persevere and keep playing him. But the fact that he hasn't been playing well and, and Gerard dropped him. Um, and, and I think it was the right decision to make. So, yeah, I think agree with all like his team lineup well it worked and yeah that's the thing Caroline when you've got the luxury of knowing that it's a win it's a much more enjoyable game um but when until the ball goes in the net for us then you know we're just everything just seems so much worse and you, you don't really enjoy it as much and I think two two big things that I think have kind of come out of that as well in particular for Ryan Kent and we know that that Kent has been uh, the subject of uh, of um, interest, especially down in Leeds, the, the manager confirmed that in last week's press conference that Leeds came back with what he saw as a, a very laughable offer. Um, but the big things that have happened, obviously, have been finally he's got rid of those two rat tails, Marina, at the back mm-hmm. at the back of his head, which I think is is propelled on his performances massively. So hopefully he gets um, you know some more uh, hair advice from someone sensible, not Brandon Barker. But the other thing, Marina, I think that, you know, when Kent scored the second, um, there's a part to that where I made mention in some of our pods last week um, that he can cut a very frustrated figure because he's trying so hard and he wants to be able to do things. And I was so pleased for him when he got that goal because hopefully it allows him, you know, to, to, to take a bit of weight off himself and to take a bit of pressure off himself because he's a, he's a game changer. Yeah, you can tell he's a very sensitive player, like takes everything to heart. And sometimes I think when he isn't performing well, it's not through lack of trying. It just isn't isn't going well for him. Um, so, yeah, now he's got a couple of goals under his belt this season. Um, and hopefully hopefully it's all fallen into place. Again, it could, it could just be the style of play um, is working for him too. Um, but I don't know, but... Definitely, I think he's doing a lot better, and I'm so pleased for him because, again, like Hadji as well, I know he's been off. We know they're both incredible players, um, but they're just still sort of finding their feet or just teething issues, hopefully. So, Caroline, we move on to, to Hamilton on, uh, on Saturday evening, yet back again to another plastic pitch. Um, Hamilton haven't had the best of starts from uh, this season. They were given an absolute trouncing uh, by Celtic in the in their opening game. Um, haven't had too much. They had a postponed game against Aberdeen because of the COVID situation. Um, however, they have uh, turned it around in the last week or so by um, winning the Lanarkshire derby against Motherwell last weekend. Um, the plastic pitch, first of all, Cadley. Nobody's a fan, um, but... I think we've got to start thinking about how well we've started this season. Um, defensively, we look very, very solid. Um, we are giving ourselves more options being able to try and go forward, and we've kind of experimented with that slightly with the exclusion of Alfredo Morelos. And, um, Roof is getting fitter. Uh, Cedric Hitton's come in. I was quite impressed with him when, you know, probably the last period of the game, last 20 minutes of um, last weekend, I thought he was coming into it. I, I want to stop talking about plastic pitches if it's going to be the case that we just bring them into our routine and, and don't let them phase us. Yeah, completely. They're only really an issue where a player gets injured or where we've dropped points. And fingers crossed we don't get any injuries. And I'm sure 
generating the coaching staff will be playing players who you know aren't likely to pick up anything if someone's at a doubt or has got a knock I'm sure they'll be they kept well clear but when it comes to yeah when it comes to just winning the points and, and getting games won we're going to have to live with the plastic pitches there's a you know a few of them in the league and we just have to get over that block sometimes. Um, there's a bit of a debate about how much it actually affects the game and whether or not it is, you know, as terrible as, as some people would make out. I don't know. I, you know, I don't think anyone wants to see them, but while we live with them, we've just got to make the most of it. And it can't be an excuse for, for not getting three points. Well, I'll, I'll stick with you if I can, Caroline, because you've, you've raised a very good point there and something I wanted to talk about was uh, we're not sure yet. The press conference is uh, tomorrow morning, Friday morning, um, for an update regarding player fitness. And someone uh, we will talk about in a little bit more detail in, in a moment. But um, we are missing Joe Aribo. And um, I won't say that we are necessarily missing Liam Balligan because I think Phil, uh, Philip Hellander has done a superb job coming in to fill in for him. Um, but Aribo in particular, this is a shit game and a shit surface to be able to try and bring back players who are recovering from injury. Um, if you're Stephen Gerrard and let's say Joe Aribo is fit, would you risk him? I, because Aribo is going to be so central to what we do this year, we've seen from the pre-season games and the games that he has featured in just what an impact he's having with that kind of free reign and that role that he's he's got. He is fast becoming one of our you know, key players and certainly where we see a lot of that creativity and when games are really kind of turgid and just difficult to break down, he is quite often someone that finds that little bit of space and a little bit of magic to turn things around. So for me, it's, it's not easy to say because you want to field your best team, but I would be inclined to perhaps see out the first half and see how things go and have a rebo on the bench should we need to bring him on. I just would hate to think that we could lose him for an extended period, um, you know, if he's not quite 100%. Marina, I'll, I'll touch on um, something which Michael Beale said in an interview, which is on the Rangers uh, website, folks, if you please go and check it out, which I think is, is pretty prevalent to what we're discussing here in terms of how we set up in, in particular Joe Rebo. And Marina, Michael Beale had said, um, this season in general, we've played completely differently to last year, but it's maybe not always visible in the eye to uh, maybe people on the outside. But the way the team is set up this year is completely different. Joe Rebo is a big part of that, and him being missing for the last two games has given other people an opportunity, and they have uh, stood up and taken it. I still think, though, it's about us taking our chances. I saw a statistic from the analysis department that we've had 100 shots in five games and only 15 against. We are happy to score nine, but with 100 shots, we would like to score one or two more. Now, first of all, I completely echo what, what Michael Beale is saying there in terms of converting more of those shots into goals. Um, but there's a point there as well, as, as Caroline mentioned, Joe Aribo is a big part to what we play here, and he has certainly been one of our better players. He's had a great uh, kick-off to the season. My gut feeling at the moment just now, though, is that if you were to feel the same team that played against Kilmarnock, I think we've got enough in our locker to be able to beat Hamilton and hopefully do so comfortably. Yeah, uh, I agree. It's not it's not worth the risk um, because he, he's going to play such a big part. Um, Caroline and I, um, a Blue Scarves on uh, a few months ago, we listened to like some of our favourite 
post-match reactions um, throughout the season. And what I noticed when I was researching it was that um, quite often Gerard would say, like, bear with me with Aribo, he's going to be some player and um, he's going to be instrumental. So even last season they were telling telling us this really and we touched on near the Michael Beale interview and I know um David and Adam discussed it earlier on the, the daily update um with Beale saying that they have tried lots of different things but um to many of the Rangers fans, myself included, it's not really been that apparent because we've been more focused on the results and it seems like the same thing again and again so maybe it's just been trial and error for them and hopefully they've sort of found a formula that's working now that is that that is able to break down these teams so yeah it was it was a really good interview the Michael Beale one yeah well they always are yeah and 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 Caroline it's interesting when when you when you obviously touched on the, the the Gerard commentary and stuff as well that comes into it and it's interesting hearing someone else from the coaching staff talking about how we're doing offensively because Gerard tends to talk a lot around things like clean sheets and they're massively important to us this season and, and, and we've been exceptional in that regard. So it's interesting to hear someone else in the coaching staff talking about our shots and you know our conversion, etc. in terms of being able to try and get goals. Um, if Liam Balligan um, is, is going to be fit, would you look to be able to try and bring him back in? Because... I um, I think Philip Hellander has done very, very well in the opportunity he's got, but equally, Balligan, I think, gives you more of an option being able to go forward because he's quite comfortable going about 10 or 15 yards further forward with the ball and the majority of our central defenders. Um, it's a great headache for the manager to have because I think that the defence in particular has, has really started so well this season. I think I saw a metric, I saw a stat somewhere that I said something like, including our friendlies, something like 900 minutes worth of football and we've only conceded one goal. I mean, that's exceptional. Yeah, that for me is probably the biggest change that we've seen in the team from, from last season. We were well quite often down to kind of individual error, but just overall sloppiness, you know, kind of falling asleep a little bit at certain patches during games, we were conceding goals needlessly. And if we're, yeah, if we're going to run a tight, title campaign which I hope is the case we need to make sure that we are conceding as little as possible and it can mean that for those stuffy games where you know teams are completely sitting in that one goal can be enough and we, we don't need to be so concerned about conceding at the other end so it is a nice headache to have I would say Hellander for me I don't know if I was completely convinced of him last season uh, and I don't think the coaching staff either and, and Gerard were completely agreed on what was the the kind of top two centre half pairing. So for me though, seeing what we've seen in the last couple of games, Hellander deserves to to keep his place. And you know, if the team's winning and doing well and we've got such fantastic statistics, particularly defensively, I think it's only right that he should stay in um and you know allow others to to challenge as and when they, they get an opportunity. So, yeah, I, again, to what you said earlier, the Michael Beale interview, I absolutely um, really enjoyed it. I liked how as well he was really balanced in some of his, um, I guess, chat of players. So he, he talked about how excited he was with Patterson's development and also Bassey and, you know, talk them up a lot, but also, you know, balance that with the fact that our current fullbacks in, in Borna and Tav had 30 assists last year and six already this year. So, 
he did say that Tav needs to look over his shoulder a little bit, but also said that, you know, they're firmly number one and for good reason. So I think if that's how they're developing and working with the youngsters, it's a really great way of giving them encouragement and hope without getting their heads too inflated. Yeah, and I think that that's, that's really important in terms of how we keep people, you know, particularly in terms of how we, we keep everybody grounded at the moment. And I don't think that there's a... Um, a concern around, you know, anyone becoming a prima donna or anything like that as well. But then I think that there is also a very important point around um, how we continue to to just keep a bit of focus, one game at a time, and you know, not concern ourselves about what's happening with them over the other side of the city or anything like that. It's just about what we can do as well. Marina, I'll, I'll swing it back to you because uh, I've already put Caroline in the spot a couple of times around uh, potential selections. There was a big focus, obviously, as we've touched on already, around um, the the uh, absence of Alfredo Morelos. The manager came out and said, uh, you know, that he's he's not committed himself well enough in terms of his preparation and training. Uh, to be clear, that's the manager's decision. It was nothing to do with Alfredo Morelos choosing not to play or some such thing. We know the pivotal importance that, that Gerard places on players applying themselves properly in training. Um, there's some photos which, again, have went up uh, from um, the, the training sessions in the last couple of days uh, on the Rangers website. Uh, and uh, the buff is in there and uh, appears to be happy and smiling. So hopefully he's uh, in a good place mentally. Um, could you see yourself putting him into your Rangers 11 if he was uh, eligible for selection and the manager was happy to bring him back in? No, I love Alfie. My dog's called Buff. I honestly love him, um, but I just don't think it's worth the risk or he's worth the risk. And I know that he is our top paid player. Um, I know he's still been paid by Rangers. But um, Alfie, if he's if he's on form, he's incredible. But if he's not on form, it it can cost us the game. And I think that that Ruth Finnitton did well enough. Um. So no, I, it's too important. We need to win this game. Um. We haven't won a plastic pitch so far this year. Oh, it's still early days. Um. So, so no, I I wouldn't risk him. And I would start. Yeah. I mean, I'd maybe have him on the bench. Maybe he can come on and be a super sub, but I would, I wouldn't start him. What do you think? So I, I don't know, and I suppose this is where my my head is over really my heart. Where, uh, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Morelos when he's in a good space mm-hmm. and he's happy and he can do these kind of things. Um, but we do know he's temperamental um, and there's a big part to that which I think is a key component of his game because he's got a very aggressive nature which works wonders for him at times. I think when you see um, a happy Alfredo, he takes chances without thinking twice about it and that's absolutely brilliant. But the the logic side of my head is also terrified that mm-hmm. if we are close to coming to an agreement with Lille, which you know hasn't gone away, I'm not saying that it's 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 you know, happening or, or anything like that. I can't make any kind of confirmation towards it. But if Lille are certainly still interested in him and we play him in a plastic pitch, Caroline, I'm terrified that something happens and he maybe takes a knock or he goes down or, or you know, something happens. My and... heart was... <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> in the... 
Sorry for interrupting. Yeah, against Livingston when he went down. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, that was horrible. Yeah. And you do, you see, like, money flash before your eyes as well. <laughs> and obviously, Alfie is a person, not just 20 million or 18 million. Yeah. And, and Caroline, I think it's interesting when you talk about that because, I mean, as Marina says there, you have to protect a £20 million asset. And, and if that's what he's worthy and that goes out the door, fortunately, we're not in a position that, you know, we need to sell him in order to, to keep the lights on or anything like that. But you can't turn away £20 million. It has to be respected. And if you were to play him in the last 20 minutes or so and then somebody goes through him um, and he lands awkwardly on a really crap surface, I, 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 honestly, it would be heart and mouth time, I think. Yeah, and yeah, for what it's worth, my kind of view on Alfie is it, it very much depends what happens this week. Gerard now and, and Rangers as a club have more of the bargaining chips this year when it comes to Morelos. Where Morelos last year had some ill discipline, we would pretty much, as soon as his um, his kind of time on the sidelines was up, would put him straight back into the team because we had no other option. Really, we've now got a couple of, of other very credible options who are starting to find a bit of at form and certainly regaining match fitness at quite considerable pace. So for Morelos, he he has to play a, a careful game here. I think there's no doubt that I think he wants to go and every player's got that shelf life and I think he's coming to the end of his, unfortunately, although we had absolute magic from him at time at times and, and he really was the difference maker on many an occasion. The fact that he in Scottish football has a bit of a target on his head with the, the media and referees and his attitude at times has been a little off. It seems like the sensible time to, to part ways on kind of um on kind of good ground. But yeah, for me the, the same uh, exactly applies we need to be careful around our assets if Morelos were to get an injury and to miss out on this dream move, which which I'm kind of reading between the lines it seems to be for him. I don't think we'd have a player in Morelos that would be what we are used to. I think we'd probably see that petted lip, petulant type player if he had to, to remain here the, the rest of the season because of an injury and a deal falling through. So nobody wants that. Um, if, if a deal is close to being agreed, as, as kind of some media outlets are suggesting it is, then let's protect that and, and make sure we can part in good terms. Yeah, absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Now, something which I'm keen to talk about, uh, whilst I have um, both of you on, is that there has obviously been a lot of conversation and um, a, a lot of rumour mongering uh, going around uh, Scotland at the moment in terms of fans being able to get back to games. Um, there was a, a decision which was made by the Scottish government that Celtic had planned to use their game against Motherwell um, at home on Sunday um, as a test event, uh, looking to be able to try and get a thousand fans back into the stadium. Um, and the government have turned it down. There is a test event which is happening on Friday tomorrow. Um, between um, Edinburgh and also Glasgow Warriors at Murrayfield, where 700 fans will be allowed in the stadium to be able to get back into a sporting event the first time um, in about five months that that has happened. Um, the joint response group um, on Celtic's behalf, and um, that's not probably going to be the last time we're going to hear that, want clarification from the government with regards um, you know, why they got the, the knockback from it. 
Celtic have been champing at the bit, Marina, to be able to try and uh, get fans back in as quickly as they possibly can. Um, the the proposed date in terms of um, fans going back in will be around about the 12th to the 14th of September. The First Minister has said that they want to be able to do test events before we can do a general return, which might be midway through next month. Celtic are trying to do that with Ross County in their away game on the 12th of September. Now, there is an element to this which is, you know, this is good news because this is us trying to get back to a degree of normality by having, you know, fans returning to stadiums and being able to to actually get into to games and, and see the, the, the team firsthand. Um, but there is a major headache which has to happen here in terms of a selection process. We won't necessarily get into that, but I think it's very uh, curious as to why Celtic are so keen on this given the fact that by the time that fans will be coming back into stadium, in normal circumstances, it would be around about the same time that we would have played our first Old Firm game. It feels a lot to me like as if certain clubs are trying to push on an agenda because the Old Firm game this season is now moved to October. It's a, it's a difficult one to do, I think, and it's tough for us to be able to try and get any real steer on it until we get a clearer understanding of how COVID has impacted us. Yeah, are Celtic ever not pushing for an agenda? Like everything <laughs> they do, um, there's it's there somewhere. Um, but the Celtic Park is uh, Celtic Park uh, Parkhead. Um, it is a very intimidating place for teams to go. They know that they know the importance of their fans. They probably really need that right now, um, especially when it comes against us. So yeah, of course, of course, there's an agenda. <laughs> they go. Caroline, is it the case here as well when we talk about, obviously, our fans have been able to try and come back in. Are you, where, where is your kind of position on this? Would you like to be able to try and see how we ramp up home game by home game where we maybe allow in, and again, this is just rough numbers, 2,000, then maybe 4,000, then 5,000, or is it a case of we just wait until we've got safety clarification and then we allow a bigger number in potentially, you know, 10,000? What, 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 how would you like to be able to try and see it done? Yeah, that's the all-important question, isn't it? And already <laughs> you're, you're seeing people online kind of debating the pros and cons of each. For me, I would rather even a small number of fans get in uh, and we, we work our way up to what is, you know, somewhere resembling normality again. I get that that comes with a lot of challenges because there are groups of people that travel to games together and, you know, people uh, have maybe carers or whatever that might take them to the game or adults that take kids. It's a logistical nightmare. But if the club can put together a credible plan that's safe and allows us to do so, I would rather see a small number of fans go in. And also, if you've had your chance and you've been given a ticket for game A, then, you know, you're out of the pot and we'll try to get as many fans then in the next game and the next game, uh, given the opportunity to go along. Uh, and you might find that, that some fans take themselves out of, of the hat, you know, because actually they're not going to be travelling right now, uh, given there are still some restrictions in place, or if they're perhaps a more vulnerable person, they might not be wanting yet to return to, to somewhere that could potentially expose them to something. So, yeah, for me, on balance, I think I'd rather see some fans in, and I just have to, you know, maybe ignore social media for a while while things play out, uh, and, you know, you just have to accept it. If you're lucky, you might get a ticket. If not, you know, the RTV coverage I've thoroughly enjoyed so far. So I can't say I'd be 
you know, too disappointed if, if that's what you're left with and you don't get one of those golden tickets. Marina, it's interesting because, I mean, Rangers are looking at this and they are looking at this uh, in terms of what is a fair, transparent way for everyone to be able to do it with safety as the absolute paramount. There is, there is no question around that. They're not doing so as publicly as Celtic appear to be doing, but the club are certainly looking into it to understand what can be, what can be done for, for everyone in this regard. Are you in the same space as Caroline? Would you like to see a kind of incremental number coming back in and maybe it's just done by a ballot? Um, or would you feel that you know maybe it's a case of we just need to hold off and hopefully everyone can get back in at some point? We maybe try and have to roll up those numbers if it's going to be a wee bit, um, you know, your tough luck if you can't you attend it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I would rather there's people there than not people than no one there, um, even if it's a small number. And obviously, I would love, like, I'm desperate to get back to Highbrooks, but. Um, if I can't go, I'd, I'd rather that someone else went than, than no one went. So I'm not going to like cut her nose off to spite her face. Um, and because, of course, like a lot of Rangers fans have paid a lot of money for their season tickets. So it, it would be nice if at least some people can get something for that. I'm sure I'm sure it'd be better for, for the team for the, for the, as well to have the fans there. So, so definitely, even if it's, it's small amounts. Um, the sooner the better. And Marina, I mean, I, I think just a wee show is something that you've you've mentioned in there as well, obviously in terms of the season ticket holders, but um, a huge well done to the, the Rangers TV team in terms of um, a brilliant uh, panel, including our oh. very own Sir, Sir Walter Smith. Um, <sighs> there's a photo doing the round of, uh, of Walter shaking Stephen Gerrard's hand and it's just, it's, it, I think it's almost iconic in terms of how much it's getting looked at now, but... Um, They've done a great job under tremendously difficult circumstances. So they, we know that there's some issues that some guys have had in terms of access, and they are looking to be able to try and work on that. But on the whole, um, when you consider the the, the panel um, and and having Walt Smith involved within that, the co-commentary team of our very good friend Kevin Thompson and Clive Tildesley, um, there was a there was a comment which was made, Marina, which I thought was absolutely fantastic. And if there was something that I could have, I could have listened to that that would have said that Clive Tilsley's getting it. He made a, a fantastic comment around, we have to stop talking about the number 10. We have to focus on what we're doing and we have to focus on number 55. It's The, the, the production quality is, is professional. I mean, let's face it. I mean, it's, it's absolutely top of class, I think. And Rangers really have done tremendously well here to be able to uh, bring that into, um, you know, a tremendous level of quality in such a short time frame. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. He is, he is seeming to get it. I'm pretty sure um, we, you and I, said the same, something sort of similar um, when we did the daily update a few weeks ago. That it's not about so it's not about stopping ten. It's about getting fifty five. So either great minds think alike, or maybe Clive is a fan of the show. I know he has appeared on it. So well, yeah, he did, he, did do a, he did do us a good shout out when we sponsored it. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, he's um, a human. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Um, but, oh, what was that? Yeah, just Walter Smith. Listening to Walter Smith's take on games was just incredible. Like, I, I was excited about it, but, oh, it was, it was amazing. Just, like, his managerial experience, his love of Rangers, RTV is fantastic. Just now they really have, they've got such a great, so, like, 
yeah everyone on it I've been really really impressed with it so it's it doesn't quite it's not quite the same as being at Ibrooks, but it's the next best thing they've done a really good job yeah absolutely absolutely well listen that's going to do us for uh, for extra for this week um ladies before we go um again i've kind of put you on the spot you know often enough so i may as well just do it again can i have your uh, score predictions uh for for saturday's game against hamilton Ackies? and would you like to suggest to me any goal scorers you might have marina i'll let you go first oh we don't even know who'll be playing um okay so i'll take a 2-0 win um i'll be happy with that and Ruth again, I'd like to see him score again. Um, I was going to say Ruth and Kent, but that's basically just copying last week. Um, well, it was it was Ruth and Kent last week, to be fair. So, oh, Jake Barker. Let's see Barker. I got lucky starts. Yeah, I'll okay. play a wild card. No problem, Caroline. Who are you going to go for? Yeah, I'm going to say that. I, if we get a 1-0 victory, considering the, the pitch and the kind of change to, to personnel that we might see, I'd be happy. And yeah, let's say that, that Kent pushes on from uh, from a great goal last week and, and he's on the score sheet again. OK, cool. Well, we'll take that then. I think a 1-0 and a 2-0, I'll... Oh, I don't know, that's a tough one. I'll, I'll side with Marina. I think a 2-0 would do me nicely as well. And if Brandon Barker was to score that I'd be delighted for him I'm, I'm going to change my opinion on Brandon Barker he's converted me so as long as he gets his hair sorted out I'm fairly sure we could be best friends um, okay well listen that's us for extra this week thank you so much for listening um, we have talked about it so if you aren't already on our Patreon network um, at patreon.com forward slash heart and hand please go and check it out we have 5,000 other bears well we're close to 5,000 uh, other bears on there who are listening to us every single day you have the daily update as we mentioned the wonderful show that the girls do uh, Boy Scarves on uh, we will also have previews for upcoming games as well as post-match stuff we um, are fortunate enough to have fan media access for games at Ibrox um, so we will also be able to ask direct questions to the manager and to the team in the um, pre-match press conferences and post-match as well, uh, and a whole host of other things in there that would take me far too long to mention at the moment. Um, a big thank you to our executive producers in London, Mr Mike Lee and Mr Paul Miles, and most importantly, thank you to my two guests, uh, the mm -hmm. ever-wonderful Marina Banatine. Oh, thank you very much for having me. And also the ever-lovely Caroline Morrison. Yeah, always a pleasure, Cammy. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time this week, ladies. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Uh, and we'll speak to you all again next week uh, if you listen to David on the flagship. Uh, and let's hope for three points on Saturday evening. Thanks all. Bye-bye. Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.